0: Hello there.
1: General McMillan. I was expecting a podcaster of your abilities to be a little older.
0: Hmm. Anders, you're shorter than I expected.
1: No need to be so uncivilized. Anyway, I'm Anders. That's Colleen. Join us along with our co-hosts, Daniel and Flo, for yet another Star Wars podcast, because the internet can never have enough nerds talking about Star Wars.
0: This season, we're headed, hopefully briefly back again to the edges of Tatooine's Dune Sea to explore the new series Obi-Wan Kenobi. We'll search our feelings for what we know is true, that changing your first name from Obi-Wan to Ben is the most effective cover story in the history
1: of the galaxy. Yet another Star Wars podcast is available wherever you get you podcasts and is proudly part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hey there, I'm Mr. Black.
0: And I'm Mr. Green, and we're a couple of guys who met in a comic book store. Together we host the Pint O' Comics Podcast, where we invite listeners to join us to talk about movies, TV, comics, music, or just whatever. Starting very soon, we'll be joining up with the fine folks at
2: Forgotten Entertainment, for a special limited series called on the qt where we talk tarantino every week for 10 weeks a guest will join us to chat about every quentin tarantino movie from reservoir dogs to once upon a time in hollywood so join us starting in may 2021 on the qt is available wherever you download your podcasts and is part of the forgotten entertainment family Ooh, that's a bingo
0: nights at the well-rounded table to bohemian geek studies where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms i'm lady colleen mcmillan just down to town from edinburgh
2: ah
1: and i'm Anders Drew, the duke of hastings
2: and i'm not the diamond of the season but maybe like a sapphire or something flo seagull
0: can be the diamond
2: <laughs> nah i don't think so <laughs> it's too much Five, pressure.
0: a sapphire is perfect yeah. While we vary in terms of our ranks here on BGS, we do have a Duke, apparently, one thing will always remain constant, there's always more to learn from the tongue.
1: And about the tongue. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. So for this season on and Geek Studies, we are taking a detailed dorky dive into the saucy Netflix series Bridgerton.
2: So break out the punch and lemonade and let's go to the ball. Woohoo! I'm so right. excited. I've only been asking for us to do Bridgerton for like a year and a half so thank you (laughs) yes
0: I'm very very ready for our Bridgerton chat so for this first episode we're not going to dive into season two right away we're going to recap season one chat a little bit about the things we enjoyed stuff that surprised us things that we might not have enjoyed quite so much we're going to talk about the author a little bit her inspiration for writing the books we're just here to have fun basically
2: I'm going to titillate uh, you with season one
0: first. It's oh a my. slow burn. <laughs> <laughs> a definite slow burn in season two. Holy crap. <laughs> oh, so
2: slow. But We'll, we'll get
0: there. <laughs> we will go. We will get there.
2: All right. Let's do it. Let's dive right in.
1: Okay. All right. So let's get back into season one with a quick recap here. So season one revolves around Daphne Bridgerton, who was proclaimed by the queen to be the season's Diamond debutante. Uh, when all of that sounds great, but her prospects aren't looking too promising. She concocts a scheme with the newly arrived Duke of Hastings to appear as though they're courting in order to stir up gossip and entice other suitors. Ultimately, they do fall in love, they do get married. And even with, when they uh, are not sure of what their future is gonna look like, the Duke is vehemently opposed to having children due to the cruelty of his own father, but they end the season welcoming a beautiful baby boy
2: yeah that was like the fastest like overview of Daphne's story
0: <laughs> there's a lot there is a lot in season one but we'll go into it a little
1: bit
2: more
0: Daphne's
1: annoying you know. in season one
2: whoa <laughs> that's she's fired a little bit but I still like her I like her yeah, I do I, like I mean Daphne. besides the sexual assault which we'll get into but like
0: <laughs> yeah that, that be,
2: she's great that'll be in our things we're going to discuss yeah that's tough work sure
0: tough looks for Daphne there. Mm-hmm. Elsewhere, my favorites, the Featheringtons are having great financial troubles and attempting to debut all three of their daughters at once. Then Marina arrives, quite beautiful, a distant cousin who's looking for a match of her own. It turns out Marina is already pregnant though. Uh-oh, this is not Stand good for up. that time period where you can't even hold hands or be in a room alone with a man. And when the news breaks, it stops her engagement to Cullen Bridgerton but she ultimately leaves town with a husband who is willing to care for her, which was very sweet. While this is a happy-ish turnout for her, the rest of the Featheringtons fall into potential financial ruin due to Lord Featherington's debts and his ultimate demise.
1: Yes. It is very important that we say it is potential financial ruin because they are still living in a huge manor house. They still have servants. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're still going to all the parties.
0: All. Right. <laughs> this is like Jane Austen era. We're ruined. <laughs> We're so ruined. We only have one maid. and a cook. That's right.
2: <laughs> and only six acres of land. How ever shall we survive? Oh, we don't even have a guest room. Oh. That's right. It's unbelievable. <laughs> While hovering over all of this is the mysterious Lady Whistledown, a new gossip columnist who is gaining access to secrets of many of the town's most influential people. Eloise Bridgerton runs an unsuccessful investigation to unmask the writer, and it is revealed in the finale that she is none other than Penelope, the youngest and most overlooked Betherington daughter. <laughs> <laughs> we stand, Penelope. um She's great.
0: I love Pen. Of course, it's her. Her name is Pen.
2: Got to be the one. <laughs> but I will say, like, I do wish that Eloise had just like had a little bit more to do in season one. But yeah, she, she gets hers in season two, so it's fine.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And who knows what season three will bring?
1: Who knows, indeed. I think it's. Gonna I'm, gonna be Flo I'm gonna guess flow knows because I'm gonna guess flow read all the books.
2: Well, okay, so here's the thing. I did read all the books, actually. Like it's, this is probably important to say at the top. I read all the books last summer after watching season one, so I had not read the books when I watched season one. I read them after. I read them all, um, and so in theory, I know where this is headed. But there are a lot of people who think that they're going to go off quite a bit from the way the books are, mm-hmm. especially because like we already know that it's Penelope, but in the books, we don't actually find out it's Penelope until Colin's story. Okay. Um. So we are kind of ahead of that. Maybe I'll save some spoilers for later, but I don't actually know who season three is gonna be about. My guess is either the Colin Penelope story, which would make the most sense just because we've already seen them so much or Eloise,
1: but like,
0: considering who she's supposed to marry, it could be Eloise.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I am concerned about how they're going to treat Eloise only because of the situation, and also Eloise is supposed to be, like, a maid for quite a long time, so I wanted to hit up Francesca, like, justice for Francesca, who has overlooked in these two seasons. Her story is the hottest, and I'm here for it
0: my mom hated that book she read my mom read all the books that was her least favorite
2: wait why
0: she doesn't like the smut as much and I was like I'm ready for this
2: hello this this message goes specifically to Colleen's mom Roxy we need to talk okay (laughs) Francesca is a gem and her book is hot (laughs)
0: I am very ready for Francesca. Have you read the books, Colleen? I have not read the books. I feel like I have because my mother told me everything about them and harped on season two about how it was different from the book. And I was like, mom, you just need to watch because it's not going to be the same. Yeah.
2: I mean, we'll definitely talk about the differences between the book and the show in next week's episode as we dive into season two, but I am super excited to compare and contrast. So same. Mm -hmm. Same. All right.
1: So one of the things we wanted to really ask ourselves here, why is Bridgerton so popular? Both seasons have been like the chart-topping Netflix release when they came out so far. I think they've both become Netflix's like most watched show ever uh, upon release. And I think the short answer for that is Shonda Rhimes. Uh, She is a hit maker as -hmm. as a creative. Um, And I think you guys are going to get into some of the particular things about kind of what she brings to a show, but I think we do just need to remember when season one was released in the context of the world at that time. <laughs> um, it was about nine months into the COVID-19 pandemic. It was Christmas time. It was our first COVID Christmas, I think.
2: It was the best of times. It was the uh, worst And times. we were just
1: all absolutely desperate for something good. Mm -hmm. something good in our lives something light something fun positive light you're right Colleen and the show drops on Christmas and it's this like weird amalgamation of like everything that people love it's that Downton Abbey the crown period drama but it's got a lot of the more interpersonal workings of a network primetime so I personally I don't watch any of Shonda's other shows like the stuff that she made for ABC they're just not my particular they're not my particular taste but this was just awesome and it was hilarious to boot like there were several like of the moment like quote-unquote shows of the pandemic but I think it was this one and Ted Lasso were the two that just made us feel really really good at yeah. very low points yeah
2: I mean like, the disrespect that you are it's showing there, the Tiger but... King right now is shocking <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, see, Tiger King Tiger King didn't make us feel good. Tiger King was watching a dumpster fire happen.
2: I mean, that makes me feel good. So.
1: Yeah, but only when I get to light the fire.
2: That's fair. So I was like, I had a good time. I had a great time. Give me all the Tiger King.
1: Like, let me put this out. I'm not watching Tiger King season two.
0: I, mean, I didn't I didn't watch season one. I yeah. don't like anything to do with animals getting hurt.
2: I watched season not. one and two, so.
0: <laughs> I, I, I couldn't do it. Anything where there's going to be an animal that gets in? No, I can't. Mm. Mm-hmm. I can't. So,
2: I mean, yeah, I, I do agree with you, Anders. We definitely needed this at this time. I actually had never seen Downton Abbey.
1: So mm. that was
2: like not, which is weird because it seems like it'd be like right up my alley. <laughs> I, d- I did watch most of The Crown while I was on maternity leave. My big, like, historical drama was The Tudors. I love
1: The Tudors. Yeah, Yeah. I love
2: The Tudors. Obviously, we've done Outlander. If you have not heard us talk about Outlander, please go back into our Outlander pods here on Bohemian Geek Studies. And so I actually, like, wasn't going to watch this. I was just like, eh, like, whatever. Like, I didn't know anything about the books. I didn't know anything about it. And then people started talking about it, and they were like, it's so hot, and, like, that's the only way to get me into anything is smut. So the short answer why this show was popular is because smut, 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 Jean-René Page's ass, him licking a spoon, we'll talk about that later, It's <laughs> a big thing between me and Anders. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a big deal. But like this show, and I'll also talk more about this later when I talk about the Bridgerton experience, is the epitome of catering to the female gaze. And I am here for it. So I think that's why it was so popular. It just felt so good. And it was hot. All of it. So hot.
0: I definitely agree. It is very female games. <laughs> but that's fine because we, we haven't had very much of that. That's right. So we're, we are very much here for this. And I think it's enjoyable for guys, too. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, it's light and it's fun. And like Andrew said, it is freaking hilarious.
2: It is very funny. It is
0: so funny the sarcasm is just epic I love it I love it my ideas for this people love costume dramas I mean come on especially women if you want an audience just tell the ladies it'll be like Jane Austen with like a twist in there throw in some hot people add in some forbidden romance and you basically have a hit like people are gonna watch this They, they just will especially forbidden romance with hot people we're gonna watch it uh, it seems a little silly and trite at times, believing in romance and true love has always been like a staple, though, of people's tastes in shows and movies, romantic comedies. They do well because they follow a formula. Mm-hmm. They follow mm-hmm. the will they, won't they, oh no, there's a spat, Some they're never going to get together, oh no, they are going to get together, believe me, because this is a romantic comedy. It's that time-honored theme of love conquers all. And I'm pretty sure that that's going to happen for every season of this <laughs> show because it's about people falling in love. Plus the inclusivity of the cast was yeah. such a yeah. smart decision. Because my I, I think this is right flow in the books. They're all like white people, basically.
2: Yeah. Not it's, like
0: diverse. At really. times
2: it's like a little bit unclear, mm. like their race, but you certainly assume that they're white. Like there's nothing to say that they're not white,
0: right? But it's not quite as like forward no. as the show has it be, which I really enjoy. Yeah, um it makes it unique having people of color in prominent roles, especially the queen. <laughs> like, yes. yes, yeah,
2: yes. One, yeah.
0: <laughs> Give it to me. I love it. And of course, Julie Andrews. You hear her voiceover, and you're like, "Sold, <laughs> I'm in." And she is the voice of Lady Whistledown. So kind of like having her and Pen be the same person it's really fun I I just love it's fun and we needed some fun yeah
2: Mm -hmm. I was gonna say like to add to well to kind of connect both of your points like so many people were unable to date during the pandemic and so like having this like little injection of romance was so (laughs) lovely (laughs) it was just great it's
1: the same audience that was also checking out love is blind
2: I mean you mean me yes that's correct (laughs)
1: I also, did first
2: me. also me uh that circle show yes it was i
0: i did watch the circle with you
2: the, the circle was so <laughs> good okay 90 day yeah, let's go yes. <laughs> but are you currently Canadian. on is it cake <laughs> i have seen some of is it cake okay this is like a tangent who's the guy who hosts that's on sml i don't Whatever. know it doesn't matter the guy was oh, it mikey day it cake? i don't uh maybe any anyways I really like him on SNL but he is god awful as the host of the show oh, like no. it is beyond cringe and then like every time he makes a joke the like contestants clearly are forced to laugh and it's like this is not good no. so anyways I, I I'm really struggling to watch as a cake we that was my that it. was my 2 don't struggle yeah
0: we don't we don't struggle to watch this show
2: <laughs> no, not whatsoever this one. This one. I had to
0: like stop myself from binging the entire thing,
2: first and two,
0: both oh. one and two, because my one, mom I wants to watch don't. it with me. So then I have to, um. I can't binge the whole thing at once because she would fall asleep. All right, next we're going to talk about the author and the books. What might come next? But we don't want to spoil too much for Anders because <laughs> we want it to be a surprise <laughs> for him. All right, so. <laughs>
2: yeah i'm okay with spoilers i'm okay with spoilers i mean and again like we don't know how the show is going to take any sort of right turns so like what happened in the book might be completely different
0: Mm -hmm. it could be especially certain characters yeah
2: i think it's fine like we we did give a spoiler warning so spoiler warning if you want to read the books first go to your local public library head to libby get -hmm. the books on your kindle Mm -hmm. um and enjoy them they're really great right
0: because Gregory and Hyacinth are going to have love stories. So I'm guessing they're going to be later if they want the same actors
2: to play them. I mean, I doubt that will happen, but maybe
0: they might have to be recast. Yeah. Cause yeah, they're, they're going to want to keep this show going because Netflix needs all the help can get right now. Snap, snap. All right.
1: Yeah. But that's the thing that that's why they'll probably cut it off. Like, one of the reasons mm-hmm. they cut off shows at like seasons three and four is because usually that's when you have to give everyone a raise. <laughs>
0: mm,
1: that's <laughs> that's when you if have to renegotiate contracts. Well, yeah. if, Sean,
0: if Sean is in charge, she might take the show somewhere else too.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I just so don't she, think they're going to be able to sustain seven seasons of this. Mm-hmm.
1: No, it's like, an expensive show. It's got to be.
2: Yeah. And it's also like Gregory and Hyacinth, like, it's kind of whatever. Like, if they cut Gregory and Hyacinth, like, I'm okay. Right. But if like you, could, cut, if a you touch one hair on Francesca's head, I will sue.
0: Her beautiful brown haired head, which Daphne is supposed to have brown hair also.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, they're all supposed to look very similar.
0: Yes, which is true of the guys. Oh, my God. I can. Some days I'm like, Benedict, Anthony, which one are you? Colin, I can just
2: tell. Yes, that was a common problem.
0: <laughs> my mom has no idea. One of them will come on screen. She's like, which one is that? yeah and i'm like does he look happy it's benedict does he look broody it's <laughs>
2: <laughs> does he look like a frat boy it's colin yes. yes Yep.
0: with those like cherubic cheeks and the this narrower eyes i'm like oh yep. colin. poor sweet idiot colin <laughs> All right, so next we're on to Julia Quinn. She is the author of these books. While her books may be about courtly drama, I really liked this quote. She said that portraying a healthy relationship in literature is most revolutionary thing you can do, mm-hmm. especially now a days when a lot of people are looking more for like Gillian Flynn or domestic dramas, Colleen Hoover, authors like that. They want something more like, oh, the husband and the wife are murderers and they're going to murder each other and We're not sure when it's going to happen.
2: I mean, not me reading only like mafia reverse harems.
0: Hey, you do you, my girl. Girl, I always do. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, that's very different. We're Mm -hmm. not into that quite as much. And yeah, these have like the drama leading into the relationship. But from, from what my mom has said, their relationships once they get married are pretty, like, they go well. It in season two, Daphne and the Duke seem to be doing great.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, they're right. doing great because he's not there.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> my poor baby. I wish that he were there. Ugh, I love him. Okay. Julia Quinn, she was a Harvard College graduate. She almost became a doctor. <laughs> she kind of was heading into graduation, was like, I don't really know what I want to do with my life. Like, finding a job seems really hard. Like, I oh, went to Harvard. I'm sure it's going to be super hard. She decided to give writing a try. So she wrote books and kept putting off med- medical school, like being like, yeah, next year I'll apply, next year I'll apply. But she finally abandoned it when she got into, a, like there was a bidding war for her books. So she's like, yeah, I think I'm going to do this instead. Totally fine. She became a full-time author. I love it. I love it. I'm Smart. Isn't
1: that mm-hmm. just the dream?
0: <laughs> that is my dream. <laughs> I wish that would happen for me. Ooh, someday, someday everyone. Hey, the I just Falls, need to ha- ha-
1: the falls needs to get a Netflix adaptation.
0: Mm. <laughs> i would love her to get a nice adaptation that would be so good i already know who i would cast too
2: oh.
0: <laughs> you know right it's like ooh, I, mm-hmm. it
1: definitely yes and i mean she's right now she seems to just kind of be living the life she has stated that she wants to be lady danbury when she grows up which
2: fair 100% I mean, fair yeah who doesn't
0: so fair <laughs> yeah that was i read an article where she's like they were like, what's your favorite character? And she's like, I don't really have a favorite, but Lady Danbury, mm." (laughs) Like, I agree. If I could strut around in those costumes with like a cane and just be badass.
1: She freaking wields that cane. She does. She's like Lucius Malfoy. I (laughs) was about to say
2: that!
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry, Flo.
2: Oh my god, that's
0: stole so your, funny! Still, you're Isaac's thunder.
2: How dare like you! That thing,
1: that thing is swinging as she's moving.
2: Yeah, she mm-hmm. is really bringing the heat with it. <laughs> People got so, while she was surprised that the show took off like it did, Julia always thought that there would be an audience for the show. Obviously, mm-hmm. she was right. Um, mm-hmm. Since it was being developed by Shonda Rhimes, and Regency era romance stories usually did well. Julia thought it would be well received, but she had no idea how famous her series would become. And it was tough for people to get books for a while. Like I had to buy the first couple because they were unavailable at my public library for like, Mm -hmm. it was like a 14 week wait or something preposterous. So Mm -hmm. I bought Daphne's story, which is the Duke and I. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think I had to buy Anthony's as well, um, which is the Viscount Who Loved Me, which is season two. But then I think the rest of them I was able to finally get through the public library. But it was tough out there. It was a jungle. Mm -hmm. And there are books, like we said, for each Bridgerton kid and how they experience and find love. So we are expecting a couple more seasons of Bridgerton. Again, I don't think they're going to go the full seven.
1: No, I I doubt they're going to go seven.
2: The issue with condensing, though, is like unless...
0: It would be really tough.
2: They just, they don't take place, like, in the same place. Like, you can't right. condense Francesca with anybody really because like the characters are completely different. You could condense Eloise's with somebody, maybe Collins, Colin. maybe. Yeah, maybe Colin and Penn. And then I guess you could do Hyacinth and Gregory together because they're pretty close in age, but mm-hmm. like I, I honestly I don't know. And then that would like, be fine. What about Benedict? Like Benedict's is Benedict's is weird. Benedict got
1: in some Theory stuff is coming out. next, isn't it? So if if,
2: if they're going in order, Benedict should be going next. I do not think Benedict is going next. There has been, like, well, I mean, he could. Benedict's story is a little bit, like.
0: Out of the loop,
2: kind of. Benedict's story is basically Cinderella. Mm -hmm. And, like, I don't know that that would be super well received on its own. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that we've seen that side of Benedict at all. And honestly, like when I first saw season one, I thought Benedict was gay. Like, did anybody ask like that? Because I buy. Really yeah. yeah. Okay, and so maybe that's, they'll, maybe they'll that's go there. 0% direction. in the book. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know what they're going to be doing with Benedict's story, but I'm here for it. I hope it's like super hot gay sex. So that would be amazing.
0: <laughs> I love Benedict. I think he is cute and he's funny and he's so supportive of his siblings like well you know there's the air and there's the spare and he's like the spare but (laughs) he just embraces his life Mm -hmm. yeah he
2: does his story was okay it was Mm -hmm. very predictable um it was probably my least favorite um maybe his and hyacinth were my least favorite
0: that's so funny i think those are my mom's (laughs) two
2: really oh my gosh how funny you know yeah
1: no if I were to guess just based on like show construction and how they've set up the characters currently I would think we could get his we could get Colin and Penn Mm -hmm. and we could get Eloise Mm -hmm. and then they would cut it they would cut it off there and if they do that over the course of two seasons like they condense one or they overlap a little bit that's where they would go because at that point at this point, those are the characters that we actually like know. Right. The, uh, the, yeah. the younger kids, we just yeah. don't know yet. They would have to also develop those, them as like fully fleshed out characters.
0: Yeah. Because yeah. I, no, I totally I forgot Francesca was there in the first season. They never yeah, even the mentioned
2: season. Francesca. It's honestly, it's shameful. To be yeah. fair, at that time, like Francesca would have been.
0: She's at school, I think. She would have been at school.
2: And then like, she kind of gets married off, sc- like, off page. Mm-hmm. Um and then her hu- spoiler, her husband dies and she marries somebody else in a very hot way. Um <laughs> I mean I think Yeah, she's Elo- a very young widow. She is, yes, poor thing. Um, there's no doubt we're going to get Colin and Penn. No doubt.
0: For sure we have to do Colin it. and Penn.
2: And then I do think we are gonna get Eloise. How we get it, I don't That'll know. That'll be
0: interesting. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Oh, See, no, I, don't, I also don't want that because now. actually
1: I want talk about I want Eloise to end up happily unmarried with like a couple of side pieces for when she has to get some energy out that, would, like... be
2: amazing. <laughs> that would have been incredible she does wait a long time to get married mm-hmm. I think she's like 28 when she gets married ancient yeah she's an old maid
0: the person she marries will probably shock
2: well, the person she marries, we have been introduced to.
0: Yeah, we already know the person that she marries.
2: Do you have a guess, Anders?
0: Eloise?
1: Who could she marry?
0: It kind of makes sense when I think about it, especially his scenes from this season.
2: Honestly, it's like the most minor character. Yeah,
1: very minor. It's a minor character. Ah... Uh...
2: Oh my god! I'm so I can't. I can't like, think. Oh I can't
1: think. I can't think of it. All. I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. No. Do you
2: want us to just tell you, uh, or do you want us to save it? That one's kind of a big one. It is yeah, big
1: save show. it till after we save it till after okay. we record. So we will it save up it. Up. So
2: if you have not read Eloise's book, go read it before you get to the end of BGS coverage of Bridgerton. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. Next up. <laughs>
1: All right, next step. So, one of the biggest things that they did with this show on Netflix, the soundtrack. Oh my god. They have okay. this habit, they take pop songs, but they have them played by the full orchestra or like the the string quartets and it's this very classical piece. I would I don't listen to a ton of music, so I wasn't really as familiar with a lot of the tracks in season 1 that I was with season 2. Okay. Um, but like I did I did I think it was Thank You Next is the one that I uh that that clued me into this is what is going on <laughs>
0: yeah. mm-hmm. i love that, um, they did and this. it's a
1: really cool piece of the Bridgerton puzzle it's a really really cool concept so they did in season one ariana grande's thank you next taylor swift wildest dreams Billie eilish bad guy um those last two i literally don't think i've heard the the modern versions before so
2: wildest
1: sorry I, sorry what yeah no
0: you might have heard wildest dreams
1: there's a chance wildest i don't know about the billy eilish Dream! <laughs> but what do you guys think about the soundtrack
2: amazing um i was a fan of the mm-hmm. vitamin string quartet like years yeah. ago and so it was so great to see them having such a great revival with this um spotify has a great bridgerton essentials playlist mm-hmm. yeah i love it it's just like really great to work to like if you're just putting it on as background music right. um it just like makes like again i'll talk about the bridgerton experience but my friend Helene and I went and in the car ride there, like in our full regalia, we played the Bridgerton Essentials playlist. Um, and it just like felt great. You just feel like high
0: class. Mm-hmm. I, I like that they took popular songs because it helps the audience a little bit more. Like there are certain Austin adaptations where I'm like, can we get away from whatever song is playing right now? Yeah. not mm-hmm. not in the Keira Knightley Matthew McFadden scene in Pride and Prejudice though because that is hot
1: that was great holy
0: shit that dance scene between them where they kind of cleared. it looks like the floor is cleared and it's just them hot Mm-mm-mm.
2: that movie overall is just hot
0: yes I agree we're going to talk about Jane Austen an awful lot for this podcast as the season goes on speaking of Jane Austen Our next section is how historically accurate is Bridgerton? Uh, As Anders wrote in the outline, not very, (laughs) which is fair. (laughs) It's not. Yeah, it's not. Considering we just talked about the music that they injected into the show is more modern with the songs that we know. The show is actually set during the Regency era in England. It gets some of the things right. Like some of them it does and something's very 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 wrong <laughs> we're going to talk about that here we don't really care the show is supposed to be fun and decadent wouldn't be good little researchers though if we didn't dig a little deeper and try and find some little historical nuggets so the regency era was from 1795 to 1837 that's like a rough estimate people have got all kinds of different date ranges for it this incorporates the end of george iii's rule as king who was the king during the American Revolution and he was starting to go crazy, which they do show on Bridgerton. This is the time of like Jane Austen, Lord Byron, Mary Shelley. Love her. What a queen. Regent Sierra saw the rise of the novel. Like, oh my god, people are reading novels. Oh, disgusting, especially women. Like they were like, women are reading. How dare they? So dare they?
1: I, um, mm. I've been watching over the last the last week or so. I've been going through uh, the PBS Masterpiece Victoria mm-hmm. series, mm-hmm. and there was just an episode where Diana Rigg, always a queen, I
0: love her, coming oh. through
1: as like an an elderly Duchess, makes a comment about how in my day, in my day, the idea that women would be reading novels, is just I
2: gross. mean, it is shocking, frankly.
0: Very shocking. Although women were supposed to
1: be well read, also but not not
0: novels. Not
2: like that.
1: Dev- you should be well read. You just
2: can't read. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Just Latin scripture. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. You have
0: theories oh. and ideas. Oh my god. Reading smart? No. Oh. <laughs> so, I would think this show is most influenced by Jane Austen, very very much. If you're mm-hmm. familiar with any of her writing, you know how her works always end in a marriage. So definitely keep that in mind when we're going into the next seasons. <laughs> this is not going to be a sad ending for anybody, <laughs> really.
1: Well, yeah. And so we talked about the inclusive inclusivity of the cast earlier. Now there were examples of uh, black nobles during this period, but it was nowhere near as widespread or as accepted as the show depicts.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I think that the show does do a good job of like making reference to that sort of thing. Like kind of a, we know that this isn't how it is. Uh, If you're interested uh, in another piece that kind of touches on this, the film Bell focuses on just such a person, a black woman of noble birth who had to deal with being a noble lady, as well as a person of color in the late 1700s. Spoiler alert, it was not pleasant.
0: (laughs) No, she died fairly young.
1: Yes. Which
0: sucked. But she was very wealthy. Like, she was an heiress. Mm-hmm. And her cousin, who was, like, the beautiful, prim, proper white girl, didn't have money, really. So it was really interesting mm-hmm. to see their relationship. Like, mm. mm-hmm. I I much prefer the, the, the Bridgerton version. <laughs> yeah. Like, King George fell in love with Charlotte. Yes, and she King's... was a person of color.
1: Yes. Well, as far as so as far as they're concerned, I think it does do a good job of referring to George III and how they depict him Mm -hmm. as this like we we just feel for these two. Um, King George III had several bouts with mental health issues Um, at various points during this period. Queen Charlotte was his guardian, his regent, something she and the Prince of Wales fought for control of in 1789. and ultimately led to an estrangement. And I think they finally did manage to reconcile between the two of them. Mm-hmm. And fi- at the end, his kind of estranged wife. Like, she was just in a bad mood most of the time. It didn't really go out in public anymore. And she flat out refused to see the king alone by the end. Because it was that freaky, that scary for her.
0: Mm-hmm. And just painful. Like, yeah, you actually liked your husband and then that happened, especially back then when it was basically like marriage of convenience and right. alliances.
2: Opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's just so sad. Well, on a lighter note, let's talk mm. about bonnets. <laughs> oh. <gasps> no. Yeah. So all these women with just like their hair out is shocking. They would have been wearing bonnets outside of their homes. Um it's just crazy. They're so immodest. Um and their also their hat
1: game is on point.
2: It is on point. When they are wearing hats. It looks great. But yeah, I mean, we're seeing a lot more skin and like beautifully coiffed hair than we should be. So Mm -hmm. Um, also letting the hems down on gowns was a real thing at the Modiste. So when Mrs. Bridgerton tells Eloise it's time to let her hems down, that signals to the eligible men of the tawn that she is single and <laughs> ready to mingle because, you know, she's no longer a child. She can't be showing off those extremely sexual ankles. Mm-hmm.
0: And your hair has to go up. It can't That's be like right. long and flowing anymore.
2: Which I guess like we do see a little bit of with Eloise, but it's still like down a lot of the time. Mm
1: hmm. Uh, speaking of the hair, the dresses. All right, so let's talk about who we think the best fit. Who's got the best costumes for season one? I'm giving it up to Lady Danbury's collars. Those things look fucking awesome. <laughs> There's just some like it looks like something that we would see in like kind of like a, a Disney fairy tale type thing on some kind of a queen. Just the high collar coming up off the shoulders. Yeah, kind of Dracula-ish too. Like. She makes it work. Yeah, oh, and was... I gotta say, I think. Yeah.
0: And her top hats.
1: And I the top hats. Lady and then you, Everest and then you does. just uh, top it off with the cane. The cane is such a signature thing.
2: <laughs> the cane is out of control. I'm here for
1: it. You know who else
0: is out of control?
2: <laughs>
0: Lady <laughs> Featherington. Holy crap! I love her. I love her she's a disaster but I love her every one of her looks slap like insanity she has no time for those dresses that are like the empire waist with the straight across your boobage no she is showing her curves she is mm-hmm. showing her cleavage she's like I'm married and I'm still hot so everybody gonna see it I love it <laughs> my favorite look of hers though is the purple and gold from the garden party holy mm-hmm. shit she looks <laughs> So good. And she's got the golden gloves that go like all the way up to the elbow. So she's still like a little bit modest, but she's letting that hourglass figure pop. Like, yeah, girl, get it. All the younger girls are like in the straight cut dresses with the waist. And she's like, no, she's yeah, tacky no. as fuck, but she owns it. I'm sure for is it.
2: She's tacky
0: as fuck. I love it. So right, many for like over the, the top fit. jewels.
2: Um, I am a big fan. I'm going to, I'm going to do two. I'm a big fan of the tiaras. First of all, I think everybody, obviously everybody should have a tiara all the time. So all the like head pieces, I was super, super into Mm -hmm. Um, Marina's like flowers in her hair were absolutely gorgeous throughout the entire season. I love those, but I think my winner has to be the Duke of Hastings pants. Um... (laughs) (laughs) Sir,
0: Whew, they had the hardest job of the whole season. Sir, uh, I,
2: I think I like passed out at like numerous intervals. I, yeah, I had to rewind many times. This is probably a good time to talk about that spoon scene. Um, so
1: <laughs> I still don't know what it is.
2: Hilarious. Thank you. So, if you don't know what we're talking about, there is a scene where the Duke takes Daphne out. They're like at a tea shop and the man sticks the spoon in his mouth and like i mean i wish i had a spoon right now to like like, replicate it for all of you watching on youtube but he just like slowly licks it and like puts it whatever puts it in his mouth and i was like i texted the group i was like team like the (laughs) spoon and andrews is like what the fuck are you talking about like what what i I guess i haven't
1: gotten there yet and then it turns out it was like Three episodes beforehand, and Mm -hmm. I was just like, I didn't notice.
2: I was embarrassed for you.
0: I I was more like Daphne
2: I
1: was like
0: this too. Like,
2: I rewound it like six times. (laughs) I was like, never stop licking the spoon. But anyways, obviously, then we get into like the hotter scenes, and this man is just like owning the fuck out of these like short pants with like the fucking waist ties situation. I am just here. Also, Mm -hmm. like, I never thought I would say this, but like this man in a nightshirt, like my mind is blown I can't, I, can't. <laughs> I cannot so thank you thank you Shonda thank you Duke of Hastings I yeah. thank am-
0: you costuming I- department
1: <laughs> I will say like consider- the costumes on the show are incredible Colleen you mentioned like what all the younger girls are kind of wearing and that's actually one thing I was thinking about it prepping for this episode and like ah who had the best costumes and I realized like Like, Daphne's costumes, most of, like, the young girls, their costumes are boring as fuck.
0: (laughs) Except the Featheringtons.
1: Except for the Featheringtons, because they have the brighter colors and everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, Daphne's just got that, like... Pastel. Yeah, yeah but right.
2: I, obviously like right. I enjoy a light blue number I like, the I like
1: that as a color but then I was like I was like looking back at the costumes and I was just like god compared to everyone now,
2: else the issue is not her costuming the issue is those disgusting teeny tiny bangs things that are on the sides of her head that make her look like she's an ant.
0: and that is so in like it's that time so period like that was fairly close
2: <laughs> thank god they got rid of that in season two because it was distracting it was just like you no know, we need to not
0: be either do bangs or don't do bangs. Yeah, <laughs>
2: so. like pick a lane, pick a lane, Daph. <laughs> All right, so we've got things we want to discuss now. So here we go. Yes,
0: yes. To start us off with, I just want to warn everyone: I will be gushing about Jane Austen pretty much throughout this pod season. If you'd love to hear another person rant about Austen, though, please check out our friend Andrea and her cousin Paul on the Kin Fork Floor Podcast. They're doing like period pieces right now. And holy crap, yes, she's awesome. gonna rant about Austin, and I am here for it. Cause she loves Jane Austen and so do I. I'm just like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here for it. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, yeah, like I said, I, I've been going back through a lot of like period pieces. Uh, I just watched Vanity Fair on Amazon Prime yeah. which has Eloise Bridgerton as the main cast member. Oh, really? Yes.
0: I love Vanity Fair. That's the first time where I was like, they made Giles evil. No.
1: <laughs> I was actually, okay, Sofie. so, okay, we're going, up, okay, so we're going on a tangent here, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> he seriously, like, he was Giles, and then every other time I've seen him be a character, he's a total dick. Yeah. Every single Same. character he, he, he is on Bridgerton season dick.
0: two. <laughs> he is a dick.
1: He's in a dick in, in season, season two. two. He's a dick on Ted Lasso.
0: <laughs> I know. I love you so much, Anthony Stewart Head. Please be a good guy again. That's the funniest thing too, is that he's the nicest dude and he's play yeah. all these douchebags. Speaking of douchebags, mm, mm. this, my mom and I had quite a discussion about this. We need to talk about how women are not being there for women in Bridgerton, especially mothers to their daughters. Just no. <laughs> I was like, no, whatever is happening. no. I wanted to strangle lady bridgerton in season one for not explaining sex to daphne yeah like no just no Mm, mm,
2: mm. well so maybe we pause here hold on to Mm. talk about how that affected daphne because yeah this Mm. poor girl like went into marriage absolutely not knowing what to expect on her wedding night Mm -hmm. um and it was shocking like and scary and she's Mm -hmm. very young she's like 21 I think supposed to be yeah and like all of this like hiding what is actually happening leads to a lot of blurred lines about consent and about Mm -hmm. like what people's roles are in a relationship in a marriage just in society so Daphne thinks that really her one job is to be a mother right Mm -hmm. and she will do that however she feels like she needs to and so Mm -hmm. We, you know, warning, like, if you are sensitive to this, there is, um, a sexual assault in season one, um, in which Daphne sexually assaults the Duke and like forces herself onto him and like forces him to finish inside of her so that she can try and get pregnant. Um, which he was very adamant, like he did not want children and she married him with that full knowledge Mm-hmm. so you know Lady Bridgerton like really fucked up Daphne she like continues to fuck up the rest of her kids <laughs> Yeah. Mm. <laughs> but at least mm. like it seems like the boys like have passed on information to each other yeah. and I do think that eventually the girls do like pass things on like it seems like hyacinth by the time she gets to her book is more in the know thank
0: goodness because seriously I was just like I think it was the first episode when Eloise and Penn are talking about a woman who got pregnant before she was married and they had no idea how she did it yeah they're like but how but how do you get pregnant before you're married (laughs) I I was sitting there like oh my god where was there's no sex ad. <laughs> well, I, I mean, there isn't Lady really Bridgerton
2: now. Just like fumble through it with Daphne was like mind-boggling. Yeah. Like my the four-year-old metaphors. knows more than Like leave
0: Daphne the did. metaphors behind. Like it's not flowering yeah. a bush or whatever. Like
2: It was no. crazy. It's like, this doesn't even make sense. Like she wouldn't even like know like what a penis even like it. I mean, maybe right. that she's seen her brothers, but like how would that you like, ever at you. They that's going inside of you? Yeah,
1: they are yeah, just... Bad. Yeah. And and I mean it even goes beyond sex, just with how sheltered these poor girls were. Like
2: yeah. Yeah. Daphne,
1: like I like I mentioned Daphne being like annoying in season one. A lot of it is just like she's never had to actually live live yeah. or do things like the slightest inconvenience. And she's ready to just tell the Duke, all right. So we're leaving we're leaving separate lives now. Like yeah. you go over here, I'm gonna go over here. We never have to see each other again. We just got married two weeks ago and had a minor disagreement.
0: <laughs> yeah. The fight yeah. like, because I don't, I don't know if they never saw their parents fighting, which doesn't seem likely. But come on, Lady and you had how many damn kids? You know how sex works. Please tell your children how sex works. Like, oh my god, it hasn't gotten. I mean, it's gotten better, but really, has it? When I'm, I'm going to be forty this year,
2: mm.
0: and when I was in school for sex ed, they, we were like in sixth grade or whatever. They separated the girls and the boys yeah same for different talks and it's like this is ridiculous you need to be in the same room it has this like mysticism about sex and about virginity and about all these misconceptions about it like no just call it a penis and call it a vagina and let the kids laugh and be like yeah this is just the medical term what just come on let's be grown-ups about this and actually have the conversation with kids instead of being like no, we're gonna separate you and make it really uncomfortable.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's shameful. That's just yeah, it. Like it's shameful. it's shameful to think about sex or talk about sex. and oh no, he held your hand.
1: You must be yeah, married I mean, now. You must be married right now.
2: I think Gen Z is like so much better off than we were. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm 31. and <clears throat> we were split for like period talks yeah um we were the boys put,
0: can't handle
2: it yeah the boys could not handle periods obviously mm. um we were put together like in eighth grade or something for health class health and then we were definitely together in ninth grade and we had somebody from I, I grew up in California we had somebody from Planned Parenthood come and do a two-week stint where we like learn how to Seriously? put condoms on yeah we it didn't was get really that great.
0: we did not get it that.
2: was really really great but at the same time like it was still shameful. Like we still didn't talk about it. I remember the first time I had sex. Like I was so embarrassed to go buy condoms. Like I thought I would just like collapse die. and a puddle <laughs> on the floor.
0: We were <laughs> given the um, Mean Girls sex ed talk. Like you will get don't chlamydia. have sex standing
2: up. <laughs> don't have sex.
0: <laughs> you will get chlamydia. You will die. die. <laughs> you will get pregnant and you will die. Like oh
2: well, my God. <laughs> this is like a funny tidbit. But in eighth grade, I was at a sleepover and. I decided to look up oral sex in the dictionary because I was convinced that I had been having oral sex with my friends by talking about sex because I thought it was just like talking about sex isn't oral. And yeah. So anyways, that's how much the system has failed me.
0: The system has failed us all. Yeah. So
2: you are of
0: a certain age.
2: Let's do better. It's not shameful. I still find myself like hiding a tampon in my sleeve when I like yeah. go to the bathroom at school, like, you yeah. because heaven forbid that like people know that I have a period. It's just crazy. Um, but yeah, let's do better. Let's be better. It's not shameful. And we need to, we need to do better by our kids for sure. Yes. And let's not out our pregnant cousins. <laughs> let's not not, let's not, not
1: our private cousins because we want to marry the one that they're engaged to
2: yeah let's yeah. pen real tough look
0: we're gonna have a lot of talk about pen for yeah. our season two coverage
1: yeah mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. anything else you two kind of want to talk about yes <laughs> I love okay. so i want to talk very briefly because i could go on for a long time just about the bridgerton experience which is put mm. on by netflix Um, so it is called the Queen's Ball and it is the Queen's Ball, a Bridgerton experience. There's a colon in there. Um, it's put on by Shondaland and Netflix and Fever. It's currently in Chicago, LA, Montreal and Washington, DC. I went to the one in LA because obviously that is where I live. Um, I think it's like 60 ish dollars a ticket. There is a VIP experience, which I did not do where I think you get like Um, Early access and I think you get like seats um, for something which I don't care. I didn't need seats for anything Um, It's an hour and a half experience Um, Ours was at the Biltmore LA which is a really nice hotel Um, And so basically like what happens is you show up in like Your finery Um, (laughs) I will post a picture at the end of this video just so you guys can see what I wore Actually I made a TikTok. I'll link my TikTok in the Mm -hmm. comments that way I'll get some hits too, because you're a girl. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it was really fun. We, there is alcohol. Um, there are also soft drinks, very expensive. So I recommend you do not get thirsty. A water bottle was $7. Um, there's a lot. Oh my God, of- that's
1: ridiculous. Yeah,
2: it was ridiculous. Hide it in your uh, bustle. Jeez. Yeah, just figure out a different way. Um, you can bring in bags. So if you're wondering, you can do that. Um, Definitely bring in your camera. There's lots of photo ops. There is a Modiste where you can buy Bridgerton items, like, you know, like Bridgerton t-shirts or whatever, Um, but also things like tiaras, um, jewelry, things that you might want to wear to the ball. And Queen Charlotte is there. You get to go and curtsy to the queen and her lady-in-waiting. And actually my friend Helene, or our friend Helene, but I went with Helene, got picked first to greet the queen. And it was very exciting. Um, they also do this cool thing where they take a picture of you and then it becomes like a portrait. And so if you do that, there's like different um, digital frames all over. And so like different portraits get put all around as decoration, which is really cool. Um, there are incredible performances. Like some guys clearly playing Anthony and some girl is clearly playing Kate. Um, and they do like these kind of, like, risque Regency-era dancing. Like, at, <laughs> at one point... <laughs> the the one where
0: they, where they have to do their do They just
1: they dance still and, like, like, stare into each other's eyes.
2: <laughs> yes, they do a lot of staring into each other's eyes, but at one point, he, like, took off her glove, and I was just like, this is... They're gonna have sex on this yeah. stage. And yeah. then, so I took a video of this, and... <laughs> in the video there's a part where he takes off his own glove and you can hear me in the background going if he takes off his glove I'm gonna come right here (laughs) (laughs) so it was like that kind of thing where like it wasn't like they were like freaking on top of each other but um yeah it was like hotter it's hotter it was hotter it was very subtle again like very female gaze like centered there was a whole dance where like these silks came down from the ceiling and they like did this like dance, like hiding in the silks. Um, It was amazing. And then they led us in some like line dances, like Regency era style line dances, which is really fun. Um, There are like actors throughout that are interacting with you. And then at the end of the night, they put on some like extremely millennial tracks like LMFAO, Beyonce situation, just so that you can like get out and dance. They do pick a diamond of the evening. Um, I was not the diamond, hence my intro. That's Um, some bullshit. (laughs) It is some bullshit, but that's okay. Um, it was super, super fun. Like, it was probably, I'd say 85% girls. Um, and that, it was kind of great. Like, I don't think I've been to an event where I was like, you know what? Like, I don't need to impress any dudes. Like, I'm just going to party with these Regency girls in their prom dresses. Um, in terms of attire, People went from like Vegas, like hoochie going out dresses to like paid $500 for like an Etsy made Regency gown. Mm-hmm. I went somewhere in the middle. Um, Your
0: dress was so, so Thank
2: sick. you. Thank you. You're so yeah, sweet. It was pretty awesome. Thanks team. My dress is from Macy's. It is a prom dress and here is the tip. It had pockets. So oh. it was great. <laughs> yes. um, fabulous. Mm-hmm. You can wear a long dress, short dress, there were all kinds, um, and you do get a copy of that night's nice lady whistle down um, when you Ooh. enter. And there's actually like all these clues around. I didn't do that because hour and a half goes by really, really fast. Yeah. Um, but if you want to do that, it's like murder mystery kind of situation. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean that was pretty much the Bridgerton experience. So if you get a chance to go, if you're in Chicago, LA, DC, or if you're in Canada near Montreal, um, then you can go, and it's really, really fun. Sounds so cool. Yeah, it was really cool. I, <laughs> I <laughs> can't lie, it was great.
0: If there was a real Austin Land, the Carrie Russell movie, I would go. Anders, anything go else? Go with you, want with you with Carrie tomorrow? Russell's there. Oh yeah, we're gonna fight over <laughs> her. <laughs> Like, girl, I just want to talk about your hair.
1: <laughs> we... All right, guys. Well, I think that is where we're going to leave it for today. Thank you for being with us. And come back next time for more shenanigans with the BGS ton as we get into the first two episodes of Bridgerton season two. The
2: Until slowest then...
0: burn ever. Oh, this burn was like. I burn <laughs> for you. <laughs> All the burn. Slowly. So much burning. Very slowly.
1: But until then, you can find us on YouTube or um, follow us wherever you're getting your podcast. No matter where you're doing it, just hit that follow button and give us one of those five-star reviews. Check out our website, bohemiangeekstudies.com, where you can watch all of our episodes, enjoy Colleen's Book Corner, where she reviews Star Wars literature, and reach out to us through email and social media. You can find us also over at the Yet Another Star Wars podcast feed, where we go through... St- Star Wars, movies, and shows that are gearing up for the new release of Kenobi coming Woo! at the end of May. Uh, and as always, keep telling other nerdy nights to join us. It really does help. Until the next time, kinks up, hems down, and keep those episodes streaming.
2: Let's go. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.